Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism. This is question and answer 125. What does the fourth petition mean? Give us this day our daily bread means provide for all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you are the only source of everything good and that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. Therefore, may we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it in you alone. Amen. That is God's words summarized. Let's go to the Lord now and ask for his spirit to open the eyes of our hearts so we might see wonderful things in his law. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to look upon us in grace as we look away from ourselves and into the face of your Son, whom you have appointed our mediator and Savior. As all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in your Son, guide us by your Holy Spirit into the true understanding of the doctrines of Christ. May our meditation upon his truth produce in us the fruit of righteousness, to the glory and exaltation of his name, the instruction and building up of this congregation, and the salvation of the lost through our witness. We pray this in the mighty name and favor of your well-beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and in dependence on his Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Kids, have you ever asked your parents for a snack because you were so hungry you thought you would starve to death? Maybe, maybe you did more than ask for that snack. Maybe it was more of a demand. Now, were you actually going to starve? Probably not. Probably. But sometimes, you see, we get confused about what we need versus what we want. There's a difference between what we need and what we want. And when Jesus teaches us how to pray, brothers and sisters, he shows us how to know the difference between these two things. The things that we want versus the things that we actually need. So far in our time looking at the Lord's Prayer together these last few weeks, the petitions that we have come to have instructed us to pray for spiritual things primarily. The hallowing of God's name, the coming of his kingdom, the doing of his will. But today we come to the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. And it is primarily in the main of a physical and temporary nature. The, the kind of things that we are praying for are physical and temporal. Why does Christ include this very down to earth request? in his model prayer that he gave to his disciples. We're going to answer that tonight first by learning that it is to teach us what we really need. It is to teach us that he's the provider, and it is to teach us to trust him completely. To teach us what we need, that he provides it, and that we can trust him, and we must trust him only and completely. First then, He's given us this petition, the fourth petition, to teach us what we need. The request in the fourth petition is for bread. Bread was the basic part of an ancient Mediterranean meal, 
the staple, the cornerstone. You barely had a meal if bread was not there. So Jesus puts the request for daily bread in this model prayer because it communicates necessity. That's what daily bread communicates for all times, all cultures, all people. Bread is not the same staple in all cultures, nor is it the same staple in all times. But it communicates necessity in all times and all places. In other words, he teaches us to learn what we actually need for life in this age and to pray that he would provide it. That's what we're asking for when we say, give us this day our daily bread. Well, what what do we need? What do we actually need? Scripture makes specific guarantees about our spiritual need. We've been looking at some of those. We'll look at some more in the petitions that are to come. You need forgiveness. You need to grow in the knowledge and wisdom of Christ. You need to be sanctified in the truth. You need to learn how to forgive others. These are great spiritual needs. And when we ask for these spiritual needs, there is a guarantee attached to them that when we pray in faith, they will come. It is God's will that you should have these things for your spiritual life. But God does not lay out the same guarantees when it comes to these physical and temporal needs. So, for instance, we know that we need food to survive. So there is a, there's a general relative guarantee that he will give us what we need until the day comes when he calls us home. That's a, there's a difference there in the spirituality of our spiritual needs versus the physicality of this particular temporary need. So we know we need food to survive. We don't have the guarantee that he will provide some specific food or the food that we like the best or food at a particular time. And so if we ask in faith for something that we think we need and we don't receive it, then God has revealed to you that you don't need it or you don't need it yet. That's how he reveals his will. That's how he reveals it. If you didn't get it and you were praying in faith, meaning you're leaning on him knowing he can provide for this. If he has not provided it, then it has been revealed that you did not need it or you don't need it yet. Many crises of faith can be averted by this, I think, relatively simple approach. If it has not been provided, we don't need to rage against God. In fact, we really should not rage against God. We may have questions. We may have godly complaints to bring to him. Once again, the Psalms are commended to you for just such a a way of complaining to God. But we ought not rage against him or let uh, such simple things... Get us off the path of uh, godliness and of righteousness into a crisis of faith that might otherwise be avoided. And since Christ teaches us to pray for our necessities, the fourth petition more broadly includes everything that we need. Underneath that umbrella of daily bread, we are to think of all the basic needs that we need in life. And this temporary life that will pass away in the end. The petition speaks of bread, as we've seen, but Scripture also teaches us in other places to pray for clothing, for shelter, for the ability to work. It teaches us to pray for things like good government. 
and all the things that touch on every aspect of your life in this world. In this life, your temporal needs. So again, Jesus is giving us not an exhaustive prayer in the, in the way that it comes out, in the particular words, but within this prayer, he's giving us all the categories that we need for prayer. And under this great category of daily bread, we are to learn to pray for everything we need. All the physical and temporary things that we need in this life. We are, uh, if you didn't notice, we're in the season that leads up to Christmas. I think we've been in this season for about three months now. And um, all the adults in, in this congregation, you, know, you spend an awful lot of time teaching the children of this congregation the Christian faith. And that is hard but glorious work. Do not allow holidays like Christmas to undo this good teaching by actively confusing your children on what they need versus what they want. By treating holidays like Christmas or whatever, you know, birthday, there's so many, there's so many opportunities to give gifts and you know, I'm not condemning gift giving. I hope you're not hearing that. But there's so many opportunities for us to twist this in our own hearts, which we do anyway, that our children catch it. Don't even have, it doesn't have to be taught in words. It's, we already lean toward this. We take something that we want deeply and we turn it into a need. And scripture has a category for that. It's called covetousness. And it's actually a sin. And so when we pray for our daily bread, we must learn to recognize the actual needs that we have for the body in this age. So there is an exhortation here in this prayer, by implication, a strong exhortation, especially in the West, an unbelievably rich culture, the the richest, most lavish and luxurious time period for in in a democratized way. Pretty much everybody has got a way to enjoy lavish things that previous generations would not have dreamed of being able to enjoy. And it is very easy to allow ourselves to uh, grasp onto entitlement and to hand that teaching off to our children. Instead, teach them that as baptized covenant children, they are entitled to know the glory of Christ. And they are entitled to the riches of heaven. And that in this life, they are entitled to their basic needs being met until the Lord calls them home. That is the kind of people we are trying to raise up as Christians. And uh, the kind of people that we want to be as Christians as well, as Christ is formed within us. The Son of Man had no place to lay his head down. He teaches us what we actually need. And therefore, when we pray for our daily bread, and we think of what Christ has exemplified for us in this teaching, it, it clarifies things for us an awful lot. The fourth petition teaches us what we actually need. Secondly, he has given us this petition to teach us that he's the provider. Not only that we have particular needs, but that he's the one who gives them to us. So we not only pray for bread, but we pray for daily bread. Daily bread. Because our faith needs to be stirred up every day to rely on God once again as our provider. We have work. We make money. 
We buy the things that we need, and that's just our daily, ordinary life, and those are good things. The ordinary course of your life is good, and, and uh, when you as a Christian engage in those ordinary acts, God is pleased with those things. But because of the ordinariness of them, it is easy to forget that God provided it all from beginning to end. All the skills for labor, all the capacity for work, all the ability to provide for yourself. These things are all from the Lord. Who made your hands and feet? Who produced your brain? As God said to Moses, we read last week, who made man's mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? God has designed you and provided for you in such a way that you are able to provide for yourself. God not only said, let there be light, you know, by divine fiat, he speaks and makes things come to be. But he also speaks in a manner that ordinary things come about. So the earth brings forth as well. God provides for you in that ordinary way in the course of your life. You bring forth. But if that's all that you see, and that's all that you are are engaging in without the eyes of faith, and it is very easy to forget that God provided it, from beginning to end. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights. Father of lights meaning the heavenly bodies, the sun, moon, and stars. James's way of saying, hello, he made all that. So anything you have, it came from him. If he made the sun, moon, and stars and all the galaxies, then these little tiny things that you have in your hands and in your home, these things that provide for your daily needs, they've come down from the Father of the heavenly lights. In other words, once we begin to learn what we really need, our next job is to connect those needs back to God as the one who provides for them. Hear this, brothers and sisters. God is your provider. God is your provider. And if you provide for yourself, you are merely the means. God is the one who's provided. He is the source. We know this generally by the common gifts that we have every single day. Food on the table, uh, family, fellowship with others, beauty. So many common things that even unbelievers enjoy. All of these things confirming to us that he provides. But this truth that God is our provider is to hit us like lightning when we recognize that our Father has given us His Son. All all the common gifts are meant to come into full perspective and their ordinariness is not meant to cloud us anymore when we realize that God has not only given us those things, but He's given us Jesus Christ to top it all off. As Paul makes so clear in Romans, He says in Romans chapter 8, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If he's given you his son, he'll give you what you need. If he's given us that extraordinary need, apart from which we perish, apart from God, how will he not also give you the ordinary things of life until the day when he calls you home? He's your provider. And so, as we have seen, bread in the Bible communicates a basic need 
But even that basic need needs to be tied back to God as our provider and blessed by God. This is what the catechism is talking about when it says, teach us to recognize that, number one, you are the only source of everything good. And number two, that neither our care and our work nor your gifts, God's gifts, can do us any good without your blessing. Believer and unbeliever alike, once again, receive the good gifts of God. It rains and the sun shines on the just and the unjust. These good gifts, these common gifts, come to the unbeliever in a manner that they do not acknowledge God. They do not give thanks to God. And so those things in the end will be their condemnation. But for the believer, they are to come to us. And we ask not only that he provides, but that he blesses them. That that it would well up in us in a fount of salvation. That we would say thank you to God. And that God would indeed use these common gifts to bring us into his kingdom. Blessing all the things that he gives to us of his own grace and mercy. He is our provider. And finally this evening, we have the fourth petition in order to teach us to trust him completely. I remember when I was uh, a young kid watching Aladdin for the first time. And Jasmine has left the palace and has found herself out with the street rat Aladdin and they're running away. And uh, Aladdin is uh, reaching out his arm to pull her up, I think. And, and he says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And my parents very wisely said, hey, you don't just trust anybody, okay? You don't just, you don't just trust any old person. She just met him. <laughs> teaching me to be wise. I appreciate that. Now, there are some ways that we talk about trust that we're not speaking of here. I think we, we are, we're all aware of that. We trust, you know, we trust people that we know well, trust our family members, we have confidants. There's a kind of common trust that we enjoy in this life. But when it comes to the meeting of our basic needs, the only one we can put our complete and total trust in is God. The catechism question and answer ends saying, therefore may we withdraw our trust from all creatures And place it in you alone. And it is that kind of trust that we're speaking of here. Notice here that the catechism is demonstrating the connection between prayer and faith. Prayer and faith. Prayer is the chief exercise of faith. If you want to get a, uh, if you want to take the temperature of your faith, look at your prayer life. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, and making it an effective prayer means praying it with faith and trust in God. Leaning completely upon God, not that he will give us precisely what we are asking for, but that he will give us what we need in his time. He'll give us all the spiritual things that we need, perhaps on a different timeline than we we want, As we've said many times, that sanctification is a slow process. We wish he'd just give it all to us now. We'd be done with the thing. But we have that guarantee of all those spiritual things. We have less certainty in our own minds from a human perspective when it comes to these temporal things. So our faith must be active. 
It must be engaged when we are asking for our daily bread to be provided. We do not pray with confidence in ourselves. We don't pray with confidence in the things that we're asking for. We only trust in the one who can hear and answer and provide. So, for example, let's say that you ask God for a well-paying job in order to provide for your home and family, as many people have had to pray in this time, uh, in, in one time or another in their life. That is a perfectly good thing to pray for. Uh, Paul says those that will not work should not eat. You know, he's talking about people who are lazy in a sinful way there. But there's a, that's a thing you need to do. There ought to be productivity and, and provision in your life and in your family. And so we pray when, when we say give us this day our daily bread for those kinds of things, for a well-paying job in order to provide. But let's say that as you pray it, God and his goodness and his willingness to provide for you and to give you what you need, those things are a thousand miles away from your mind and heart. And you're asking him because you know you should. But really what you're thinking about, what you're engaging in, what you're resting in are your skills as an employee your resume, your record at another company, your interviewing abilities, those kinds of things. In other words, you have confidence in yourself even as you're praying and asking God for a particular thing. Now, all those things are good. You should have good interviewing abilities and hopefully you've got a good record at the last place of work that you have and all those things. But only God is worthy of our trust. If you don't get the job, and all you've been looking at the whole time is yourself, then when you don't get the job, you'll go back to yourself, condemn yourself, or try to pull yourself up and and commend yourself back to God. But if we have prayed in faith and the job has not come, we can weather that storm knowing he will provide something else when the time comes. And this, this example, of course, is only talking about a job. We, we must learn to do this in all of the needs of life. If he has not given it to us, then we don't need it or we don't need it yet. Psalm 62, verse 8, verse 10. It teaches us, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart before him, the Psalms teach us. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you are desiring. Why? God is a refuge for us. Put no trust in In extortion, set no vain hopes on robbery. So certainly don't trust in wicked things. But listen, if riches increased, set not your heart on them. Even if good things increase in your life, you cannot rest in them. Put your trust in the Lord at all times and pour out your heart to him. May God's love to you be especially made clear through this fourth petition. The fact that Christ has given it to us as a model prayer is evidence That we need better eyes of faith, clearer vision to see the scope of God's love for us. How he loves to provide for us. Come to know that he is concerned not only with your spiritual well-being, but your physical well-being in this temporal life. And if you come to him with your needs and lay them before him, he will give you what you need and he will bless you in your using of them. All this until the day comes when what you need is Christ only. And Him only, because the Lord has taken you from this earthly life with all of its needs and its stresses and has brought you into the arms of His Son. 
who has been graciously given to you as a token of God's love. May that greatest of all gifts prove to you daily that God can and will provide for all you need until he calls you home. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and merciful Father, would you please continue to establish us, your saints, in this holy faith throughout our lives. Give us the grace to inwardly digest the food you have given us and instruct us all in your knowledge and fear until we have reached complete maturity. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.